This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, uh, I've had a particular song on my mind the last few days, which means we're going to do a special episode about that particular song. Now, I know, uh, you know, sometimes life can throw challenges our way, and sometimes it might even feel like you're living in a country music song. And so when things get hard, when you feel challenged, when you feel struggle in your life, uh, we're going to talk about today some of the things that you can actually do to help give yourself hope and work your way through those challenges. And we're going to talk about one of the ways by using music to help you do that. So whatever you do, make sure that you listen to this entire episode, because the fact that you're listening means there is something in today's episode that you need to hear. So with that, let's roll that episode. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, growth, and so much more. Great content, insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens. You're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. All right, so let's get started with today's episode, and it is titled All is Well, All is Well. And uh, you'll see here as we get through this uh, why it's titled that and uh, why we're going to be talking about what we're talking about today. But, you know, uh, sometimes in life, uh, <laughs> you know, there's the old joke about, you know, country music, you know, if you if you play it play it backwards, you know, you get your, you get your dog back and your job back and all that stuff. And why is that funny? Because so many, um, you know, country music songs um, talk about a lot of the loss and struggle that people have in their life. You know, uh, you know, your dog died, uh, you know, your, your significant other or partner tells you they don't love you anymore and they, or they're sleeping with somebody else or want a divorce or you lose your job you know, a lot of times all these things that go on in our life. Now, why are those, why are those songs written? 
because people go through things like that in their life every single day, right? And I'm sure that you're that way too. I mean, I know in certain points in my life, I felt like I'm living a country music song as well, right? Um, there's just challenge after challenge that get thrown your way. And, you know, for some of us, it can be, you know, one thing or the other. And, uh, but, but life just seems to go that way in cycles. And so at those times when you're feeling challenge or struggle, you know, we need to feel some hope. We need some things to be able to help get us through. And uh, so that's what I want to talk about today. Okay. Now, the 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 purpose behind or, or kind of where, where the title uh, comes from is I, I want to actually use an example uh, because, you know, again, no matter what's going on in your life, um, everything is okay, right? And, uh, you know, I know one of my mentors, Jim, Jim Fortin always says, you know, everything always has been, is now, and will be okay, right? Or just fine. Uh, my Nawal, Don Javier, you know, a lot of times I, I hear him say things like, you know, everything's going to be okay. And even if things aren't okay, they're still okay, right? And so um, just as a reminder for us to remember that regardless of what you're going through, all is well, all is well. Now, in order to talk about this, what I, what I want to do is first off, put things in perspective. That, you know, usually no matter what you're going through, a lot of times we like to feel sorry for ourselves, okay? And I do that too sometimes. It's like, oh, oh poor Jason, poor Jason, right? But, you know, one thing <clears throat> is if you look around, regardless of what's going on in your life, somebody else probably has it worse off than you do, right? And so just that fact and recognizing and being aware of that fact you know, first off should give you some hope that you don't have it as bad as some other people have it. And so that's what I want to do today is go through and talk about a group of people uh, that had it pretty rough. Okay. And, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, again, it's, it's I'm going to get a little personal on today's episode um, because I, I was raised and grew up as a Mormon. Okay. You might've heard me talk about this before. But I want to talk about the Mormon pioneers uh, and some of the struggles that they went through and how they actually used music to help them get through it. Now, why am I talking about this? Because again, I grew up as a Mormon. I've, I've heard lots of stories, but it's not just the stories. My ancestors were Mormon pioneers, okay? And so as I said, if you're not familiar with this, let me just give you a little bit of context, um, just so that you can kind of understand and put yourself in the situation of some of these people, um, you know, that lived, you know, back in the pretty much from the 1830s uh, to the 1850s. Okay, so we're, we're talking about quite a few years ago, right, almost almost 200 years ago, uh, that my ancestors were actually kind of going through some of these things. So, my family story is very similar to a lot of people that were going through this. So I'll just, I'll just give you some cliff notes versions of it so you can kind of understand. So, you know, the Mormon church started in the early 1800s. Um, my family, the Petersons on my mother's side of the family were living in Denmark at that time. And so 
there were some Mormon missionaries. You know, you've probably seen Mormon missionaries, the guys in the, you know, white shirt and and ties knocking on your doors, asking you, you know, if you'd like a Book of Mormon. Hey, I did that in Germany, right? That was part of part of my life as well. I did that for two years. So I'm obviously familiar with 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 that right now, even though I left the church many years ago, right? There's still a part of me that I obviously understand uh, and, and can relate because it's a part of me. It's a part of my ancestry. It's a part of who I am. And in fact, this morning, as I was, I was listening to this song that I'm going to talk about, and I just had this very deep and profound love and respect and gratitude for my ancestors who lived through what I'm going to talk about. Okay. And so anyway, here's kind of how my story, my story of my family went. And like I said, a lot of, a lot of other people who lived through that this same time, it was, it was a very uh, uh, similar experience. Okay. So as I said, my, my Peterson family, they were living in Denmark and some Mormon missionaries knocked on their door or they saw them on, on, you know, in the town square. I'm not exactly sure of all the details, but they heard the message and it resonated with them and they joined the church. And at that time, there weren't very many Mormons, right? And most of them were all kind of concentrated the church started in New York, and you had people all over the world who, you know, they have some different beliefs, and they wanted to be around other like-minded people. And so when my family joined the church, they chose to get on a boat, and they took, you know, probably a month or two journey to get from Denmark to upstate New York, which is where Joseph Smith and a lot of the people uh, at that time were living. So, you know, first off, they they left Europe. Uh, they they spent the hard journey actually coming to America, traveling to New York. And once they got there, you know, I'm sure that they were very happy because they were again with people who were like minded and felt like, ah, oh, finally, you know, I found my people. I'm sure you felt that at different times in your life too, when you found people who understand you, right? If you're a little bit different and you find a group of people that gets you and understands you and and believes like you do, it feels great. And so that's what started happening is a lot of people, you know, around the world as they were coming to learn about the Mormon church, they would join and then they would come to New York. Now, what ends up happening, you know, to immigrants and other groups anywhere, this is what happens. And again, you, you might recognize this as well. If you're a little different than the other people around you, other people think you're kind of weird right? And obviously, a lot of people thought Mormons are weird. A lot of people still think that Mormons are weird, okay? And so what happened is you started having, you know, hundreds or thousands of these people coming into these small communities, first off in upstate New York. And obviously, they had some different beliefs than the people who were living there before. And as the numbers started to grow, it started to make people nervous, right? Like, hey, all of a sudden we have these weird people that we don't understand. They believe in crazy things that we think is wrong. And so they started, the Mormons started getting persecuted, right? So they, they started having land taken away from them. They were getting beat up. There were other things that were going on. And so after a while of persecution, uh, the Mormons picked up from New York and they're like, okay, well, let's move to Ohio. Let's get away from this. So they moved to Ohio. They were happy for a while, built up things. 
you know, and, and things were going great for them again. And then again, right, the numbers got big. The people in the area are like, hey, we don't like you here. Uh, you got to leave. So the Mormons packed up again and they moved to Missouri. Started all over again, right? So again, you can see already from my family's perspective, they had a life in Denmark. They moved to New York. They started over again. Pretty much everything got taken away from them in New York. They moved to Ohio. They built things back up again. Everything got taken away from them again in Ohio. They moved to Missouri. They start building things up again. Now, this is again where, you know, you can see this, this series of gain and loss and gain and loss and struggle, right? That, that a lot of us are going through in our lives as well. Same thing was happening with this, this group of people. <clears throat> so they get to Missouri and things, you know, again, start going well for them again. They start, they start building things up. And then again, the people in Missouri decided, you know what, we don't really like Mormons. Now, in Missouri, it got bad enough that actually they passed a law that it was legal to kill Mormons. Okay, can you imagine that? Right, A government actually uh, creates a law that says it's legal to kill Mormons. Right, So obviously, things started getting a little crazy in Missouri. And in fact, it kind of culminated in Joseph Smith being murdered in Missouri. So obviously, again, everybody kind of lost everything again. And they're like, you know what, we got to pack up again and we got to get out of here because people are trying to kill us. OK, so they lose everything again. And again, like I said, my ancestors were this way. They had properties. They had assets in Missouri that they just had to walk away from. And they had to make the long journey from Missouri to Salt Lake City. Right, because that was an area where they thought, you know what, if we go far enough west, people will just leave us alone. People will just let us be who we are, and they'll quit trying to kill us. They'll, they'll quit taking away our stuff. And so you had this mass migration of thousands of people. And again, this was in the 1840s. So there were no cars, there were no airplanes. So how did people get from Missouri to Utah? They bought a wagon if they had money, they bought a hand cart if they didn't have as much money to buy a wagon, or they just walked. And these people literally, you know, went 1500 miles over the mountains, over the deserts to try to get to Salt Lake. Now, again, if, as you're sitting there and, and imagining that, you know, um, there's a lot of hardship in doing that. I mean, again, imagine if you were just to to pack a suitcase and, and walk out with your family and go on a you know thousand or fifteen hundred mile journey on foot. There's a lot of things that can happen, and in fact, that's that's what did happen, right? A lot of people ended up starving to death. Um, a lot of people died from disease and other things like that as they were going through. And so, again, I'm just providing you this context because life was pretty hard for them, right? And as I said, I mean, I'm grateful for my ancestors and that they went through that. But but here's some of the kinds of things that would happen, right? Is, you know, again, you you start moving along and people would get sick, people would die. And so literally all along that trail uh, to Salt Lake, there were hundreds, if not thousands of people who died along the way and were buried, right? And so, you know, you might have been 
you know, struggling in the mud with your wagon for 10, maybe 20 miles that day. And at the end, you know, you get to where you're going, you create camp, you cook dinner, you bury the people who died that day, and then you sit around the campfire. And so again, imagine at the end of the day, if you had been one of those people who that day, somebody in your family died, you had to bury a child. And not only did you have to bury a child, but you had to leave that child all alone, wherever it was at, right? Because it's not like you're going back to the grave either, right? And so what I'm trying to do, again, is just to get you to start feeling the context of what some of these people were going through. And, you know, one particular story I remember, there was one of the leaders in the church named Parley P. Pratt whose family was going across and all they had to eat was potatoes, right? And I grew up in Idaho, so potatoes, hey, I know a thing or two about potatoes, right? But but what was interesting with this story is, you know, Parley, the dad, um, decided, you know what, all we have is potatoes. So what I'll do is we'll peel the potatoes, the rest of the family can eat the potatoes, I'll just eat the peels, right? So he was he was leaving what he thought was the good part to his family. Now, the ironic thing is there's more nutrients in the skins than there is in, in the body of the potato. And so what ended up happening is Parley watched his wife and all of his children die of malnutrition, and he was the only one that stayed alive. And so again, imagine, you know, from his perspective, here he was, he thought he was doing a good thing. He thought he was helping his family. And actually he was, you know, you could say maybe partly responsible for their death and how that must have made him feel. And so there's stories like that, or there's stories about, you know, people who, who bury a child and then they're sitting around the campfire. And this is where the music comes into it, okay? Because a lot of times around, around the campfire, you know, you would tell stories or you would sing songs. And there's a particular song or hymn that the Mormons sing called Come, Come Ye Saints that was written by a man named William Clayton. And it's based on an old English folk tune, right? So the music, the music was already kind of written, but he came up with new lyrics. And so what I want to do is because there, there were stories all the time of where you know, somebody had a really rough day, right? I mean, maybe they had to bury a child that day. They would set up camp, they would sit around the campfire, and you would hear one person start to sing this song, Come, Come Ye Saints. And sometimes, you know, people would just listen and sit in silence with that other person and kind of feel that emotion and mourn, mourn with them. <laughs> and mourn the loss of the child or mourn the loss of the spouse. There were other times when that one voice would lead to many voices. And so that's what I want to share with you today. <laughs> I was going to get this emotional, but here we go. Okay, so what I want to do, and I, I want to show you the power of music. So what, I, what I'm going to do first is I'm just going to go through and I'm going to read the lyrics to you, okay? And as you sit here and listen to the lyrics, obviously there's some frequency from my voice and there is power in, 
in me just saying the words out loud, right? So, so first off, as I go through and read this, I want you to just kind of sit and think about and listen to these lyrics and see what lyrics jump out to you. Then what I want to do is actually sing part of it to you, just myself, acapella. And then I'm going to show you again the power. You know, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir is one of the greatest choirs in the world. And now that I've given you the context for it, you can kind of understand why music is so important in that particular church, why they would create the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, why they would send them all literally all over the world to perform concerts so that people can actually hear their music. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> Try to keep myself all uh, not too emotional, but here we go. So, so like I said, here's here's the lyrics for "Come, Come, Ye Saints," written by William Clayton. Come, come, ye saints, no toil nor labor fear, but with joy wend your way. Though hard to you this journey may appear, grace shall be as your day tis better far for us to strive our useless cares from us to drive do this and joy your hearts will swell all is well all is well why should we mourn or think our lot is hard tis not so all is right why should we think to earn a great reward if we now shun the fight? Gird up your loins, fresh courage take. Our God will never us forsake. And soon we'll have this tale to tell. All is well. All is well. We'll find the place which God for us prepared far away in the West. Where none shall come to hurt or make afraid. There the saints will be blessed. We'll make the air with music ring. Shout praises to our God and King. Above the rest, these words will tell. All is well. All is well. And should we die before our journey's through. Happy day, all is well. We then are free from toil and sorrow too. With the just, we shall dwell. But if our lives are spared again, to see the saints their rest obtain, oh, how we'll make this chorus swell. All is well. All is well. So from the lyrics and the context that I just gave you, you can see why this song has such a deep meaning and how it gave hope to all the people as they were going on their journey out west, right? Now, those are the words, right? And again, words have power. But what if we actually add a little music behind it, right? So this is how the tune goes. And again, bear with me as I'm doing this acapella. And obviously, I'm getting a little emotional <laughs> as I'm doing this. And I'm thinking about my ancestors who lived through this, right? But here's how it goes. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Come, come, ye saints, no toil nor labor fear, but with joy wend your way. Though hard to you this journey may appear, grace shall be as your day. Tis better far for us to strive, our useless cares from us to drive. Do this and joy, your hearts will swell, all is well, all is well. So again, I'm going to imagine somebody just sitting around the campfire starting to sing that and the power that that can bring. Now, that's just one person. That's just me, right? Singing, hacking my way through this. Now, imagine if you put some organ music and you have a hundred or more people actually singing this song and this is how it can sound and see the difference that this can make. Obviously, they do a better job than I do of singing it. <clears throat> but you can tell, and hopefully, again, as you've as you've gone through and you've sat and you've listened to this, you can see the power that music can have, right? And again, from the lyrics and the things, you know, to provide us with hope, right? So for for my Mormon ancestors, this song was very powerful for them. For me, it's a very powerful song for me as well right and again it has nothing to do with the religion it has to do with the music it has to do with the frequency of the music and the fact that music has frequency that can provide us a change in our emotional and spiritual well-being and it can literally heal us as well right and so again why am i talking about this well Maybe this last week, Jason started feeling a little sorry for himself about something. Maybe I was going someplace where I didn't need to or I didn't want to go. And this song and the lyrics, all is well, all is well, and come, come ye saints, just came into my mind. And I started thinking about the song. And I went back and I started listening to it. And you know what? This song gives me hope. If I'm feeling a little down, this song moves me to feeling hope. It helps me move to feel gratitude for my ancestors, right? Because I would not be here if my ancestors had not pulled through 
and done what they needed to do to survive and get to Salt Lake and then eventually to Eastern Idaho and then eventually to, you know, Western Idaho where I grew up. And in fact, on that same side of, uh, of my family, my great grandfather, uh, Grandpa Mitch, Myrus Mitchell Peterson, he was a pioneer himself. You know, he watched his daughter uh, get hit by a truck and die in front of him without him being able to do anything. He was helpless at being able to save her. Now that my, you know, what was she be great, great aunt Isla is my mother's namesake, right? He also buried his wife as well. And so my grandfather, my great grandfather, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, uh, lived through some of these things too, right? And songs like this helped give him hope. So why am I talking about this? Not for you to go out and buy a Motab record. Now, if you want to, great, right? Because if this song resonated with you, if this song provides you hope, then by all means, listen to it. Go download it. Listen to it as many times as you need to. But you know what? Maybe there's another song. Maybe there's other music, right? What are some of the things that give you hope? When things are going hard, when things are tough, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling backed into the corner, are there songs, is there music that helps to lift your soul and heal you and give you hope and help you feel gratitude? And if there are, then download them and listen to them, right? One of them to me is uh, Eye of the Tiger from Survivor, right? I mean, if I want to get pumped up, if I want to feel hopeful, if I want to feel like I'm a badass and can do anything, I listen to that song, right? Uh, you know, there's a song from the White Stripes. I think it's called uh, Seven Nation Army. Man, that's one that gets me going too, right? There's a lot of different songs that pop into my head or ones that I, that I listen to. This morning I was listening to Foreigner, right? There's a few of the Foreigner songs that are the same way for me, right? So... The whole purpose, again, is for you to be able to understand, and, and as you've listened through this, you now have an understanding more of the power of music. So what if you started finding music that helped you to change your emotional state? If you want to feel more hopeful, if you want to feel more love, if you want to feel more gratitude, right? What are some of the, the kinds of music the particular songs that you can start incorporating into your life and use that music to feed your soul. You know, because a lot of times, obviously we know we've got to eat food in order to keep our body going. Well, music is one of the best ways to actually feed your soul as well. So if you're interested in that, <laughs> stay tuned because I'm going to be talking a lot more about music as well. But, you know, again, think about this, you know, obviously the fact that you're still listening means there has been something that has touched you in today's episode. So now just go do something about it. Like I said, if this song resonates with you, go download it and listen to it. What's it going to hurt? It's a few minutes, right? If something else is resonating with you, then go and do that. But just again, try to help yourself move to another state. Because again, when you're feeling like... <laughs> you're the subject of a country music song, you don't have to stay in that struggle and challenge. You can do some things and literally in a few seconds by listening to music, you can change 
your emotional state. So that's all I got today. I'm wrapping up and I'll check you and see you on the next episode of Jamming with Jason. Have a great week. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.